Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Sorry, guys, it's me yawning because it was a big fucking bore of a week in crypto land. That's right, guys. Adam right here. Steven joining me as always, your crypto expert and guide through the wonderful world of crypto as we all try to figure out weekly through this podcast, what the heck is crypto and why the fuck do I need to pay attention? Well, this week, a lot of stuff went down. I don't want to say it's big game changing stuff, but it's the type of stuff that at least makes you do a double take. You know when you like see a dog with three legs or uh, or uh, a woman with four boobs or um, and then you find out they're just two boobs that look like four and you're like, did she get a surgery done or is that, is that did she just have that, uh, you know, <laughs> is that what's happening with her but she's like, I'm not doing anything to, to hide it. I, I want to showcase it. Um, nevertheless, we got a lot to talk about. Steven, how are you? How was the weekend? I had a good weekend, a little, uh, little bit of drinking, as is to be expected. Oh, yeah, it's so, the weekend, baby. I was in Tempe, little, Arizona. Slow. Labor Day. Yeah. How was your Labor Day? Was your Sunday your, uh, your Friday, as most people uh, behaved? Uh, th- I think that was accurate, yeah. What did you uh, get into? What, what sort of, what's your Labor Day crew look like? Well, I had a lot of people out of town, actually. So I, I mostly spent it with a girlfriend. We... Drink a lot of Aperol spritzes. Oh, my uh, fiance loves a lot of those. Yeah. yeah, girls Just love really the Aperol my, uh, spritz. Get my basic girl on, you know. So I had a great time. Sat by the water, got drunk, looked at the Fuck water, yeah. looked at boats. You know, good, Fuck good time. yeah, dude. Well, um, sounds like you didn't struggle too much. But guess who did struggle? BTC. Bitcoin mm. was slightly down this week from a. 19,500 to 19,000, while ETH saw a rise from a low of 1427 to 1686. Traders have been closely watching the ETH BTC ratio, which has gained over 70% since the lows in mid June. Um, ETH big gains, BTC struggling. Why? What happened? The tale of two coins. Break it down. Yeah, it's a good question. And uh, like an hour before we hit the record button, the struggle got. Worse, actually, we 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 nuked down to about eighteen five. Lost no like five percent on the day of Bitcoin. Yeah, bit of a 
bit of a struggle in the markets. Uh, ETH down as well, but not as much as Bitcoin. And that's been the the, the name of the game for the last couple of months. Is uh, been a lot of uh, Ethereum fans gloating on crypto Twitter. A lot of Bitcoin fans sort of coping. Uh, the orange coin, Bitcoin as we call it, mm. has not really gone up. And the ETH has continued to climb higher and higher and higher. Uh, that ratio you talked about, the ETH BTC ratio, this is like one of the most watched things uh, in crypto right now, because a lot of people are waiting to see if, if Ethereum is actually going to flip Bitcoin at some point, if the, right. if the market cap of Ethereum is going to exceed the market cap of, of Bitcoin. The ratio is important because if you're, if you're like a trader, right, you, you want to hold the coin that goes up the most, right? So if ETH is going up against BTC, if that ratio is going higher, then, well, if you're a trader, you may as well buy ETH because you're going to make more money. And for a long time right now, that has been trending higher. It does seem within the next year or two, like we are going to get that flipping. In my humble opinion, that ratio is going to go at 0 0.1, 0 0.11, 0 0.12, 0 0.14. You know, who, know, who knows how high it'll go. Right. Uh, but I, I do think you're going to see Ethereum with a higher market cap than Bitcoin in the coming years. Um, and that's going to be... Uh, Especially aided by the the merge, which we've we've talked about a lot. Uh, right. I believe it's set to happen next week, so I'm sure we'll be talking about that when it rolls around. With the uh, merge happening, does that? I mean, how rare is that? Just in this uh, in this universe, like, are, is it? Uh, everyone kind of wants to be their own, you know, conglomerate and and you know their own uh, entity and kind of you know crush it. Uh, by themselves or like what has to happen for people to go, uh, it's time to join forces and fuck everybody. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know if Bitcoin and ETH will ever sort of join forces. They, they, they took two different paths, you know, Bitcoin a long time ago took the path of, uh, we're not going to do a whole lot with this coin. We're not going to really upgrade it. We're not going to add any functionality to it. The whole point of it is to exist and not be corrupted. And that's kind of cool. But also it's sort of anti-innovation in a way. Like Ethereum was like, well, this is going to be a messy path. We're going to introduce a lot of complexity. We're going to introduce a lot of uh, failure points. We're going to have a lot of dependencies on, on, on people that Bitcoin doesn't have. You know, Bitcoin's just sort of relying on code. Um, but the trade-off we're going to make is we're going to try to build a, a far more complicated ecosystem uh, that we can program on top of and, and and do, do all these things. And that, that's been a pretty wild ride since, you know, 2014, 2015 or so. Um, Ethereum has looked like it was completely dead uh, a number of times. But right. uh, I, I think, you know, with, with this merge finally happening, I, I do think that is going to be a significant moment in the history of crypto. I don't think we're going back from that. I don't think ETH is going to uh, almost die again. And I, I, I do think that that wave of adoption that ETH is going to bring with it because you can do so much stuff with it. You can build so many interesting things on it. Um, you know, that's ultimately going to be the, the nail in the coffin for, for Bitcoin as the, uh, you know, king in the castle of all cryptos. Well, speaking of being king of the castle, as Leonardo DiCaprio once said in The Wolf of Wall Street, <laughs> suck my ass. No, I forget, <laughs> I forget all the quotes, but I remember he screamed something on a boat and um, Wall Street has never been more at the epicenter of the uh, financial world than than this week, where they, uh, you know, a Wall Street investment firm, you know, kind of coming out of uh, the depths Bernstein. of hell. Bernstein. Bernstein, yeah. Not the bears, but close. Still Jewish. Uh, they're a firm that's predicting seven trends that could uh, reignite crypto growth. 
And um, I'm going to read you a few of these and you kind of give me your thoughts. Um, but basically, they, they think that these are going to be the seven catalysts that could send the crypto markets back up towards new all-time highs, which is uh, an exciting thing. Part of me uh, is already skeptical and thinking this is their way of just trying to make a splash and get a little uh, exposure. But maybe mm -hmm. these are, are legit uh, trends that, that uh, should be looked for. So um, first one, the Ethereum merge is successful. So mm -hmm. what we just talked about, it just happening, being smooth, creamy, and uh, goes down fast. <laughs> yeah, those would all be great things. Uh, yeah, like we talked about, merge is a big deal. And it, 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 I think the main reason it would be such a big thing in the world of crypto is because like, you know, crypto since its existence has been a lot of hype. This is going to be the first significant time that you, you might see something of, of, of real value like shipped and implemented. And after years of sort of failed promises like this, this is going to be a big thing. Mm. Um, so a lot of people hoping that is going to be the, you know, the catalyst that sort of kickstarts a lot more development, a lot more eyes on, on, on ETH and a lot more eyes on crypto in general as being like technology as opposed to what Bitcoin is, which I would argue is sort of more of a kind of macro asset commodity. It's kind of more just digital gold, right? And I think for a lot of people, that's not very interesting. But Ethereum and what Ethereum's doing is interesting. You can kind of think of it more as a tech company. Right. Uh, you can maybe start valuing it. Like you might value a tech stock because it, you could say that it actually might have cash flows, um, yields, and that sort of thing attached to it moving forward. Um, Going to get a lot of eyes of Wall Street, I think, uh, if, 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 that, if that goes through successfully. Well, number two says roll-ups, which makes me think of fruit, but it's not. But roll-ups <laughs> do bring the next wave of crypto user demand. And maybe they're speaking of fruit roll-ups, but I'm going to go ahead and Assume no, but number two, rollups <laughs> to bring the next wave of crypto user demand. What does that mean? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I, I agree. Good, good potential catalyst. Yeah, you, you're correct. Rollups are not of the uh, fruit variety. Uh, rollups, in in this instance, are sort of um, they, they're basically application layers that are built on top of Ethereum. So you take okay. the Ethereum network and then you build another sort of network on top of it. And the reason you do this is because uh, Ethereum at its base layer is slow and expensive to do stuff, but if you build on top of it, you could take thousands of transactions on your second layer and you sort of bundle them all together as one transaction on the base layer. Okay. So from the user's perspective on the second layer, on the rollups, you're getting uh, way faster times to do transactions. You're getting transactions for pennies or fractions of a penny instead of, you know, dozens of dollars or hundreds of dollars at times. Um, so... The, the, the going theory is this is going to sort of foster a way better user experience. You know, people don't like waiting and people don't like paying a lot of money for stuff. So this isn't rocket science. If you, you know, let people wait less and, and do things faster and pay less money, they'll want to use the applications more and more people will adopt it and, uh, and buy crypto. So, yeah, it makes sense to me. Uh, number three, Ether flips Bitcoin as the top cryptocurrency. That sounds mm. fucking crazy, but Bernstein uh, seems pretty confident that this, if this is the number, now look, if this was, who knows if they rated their top seven trends in order of importance and probability, but for either to flip Bitcoin as the top cryptocurrency, if that was truly a, uh, a backed theory, I think that would be closer to the top. But number three is not a bad slot. What's going on here? Yeah, I, I think this would be good for the space. A lot of people think this would be bad for the space. Um, those people tend to mostly be Bitcoiners, I think. Yeah. Uh, my, my perspective is haters. that. Haters, right? we call them haters. 
that, that's good. We should we should call them that. <laughs> kind of what they are. They're, they they are. They they they're ETH haters. Yeah, they're dude. Hated for years. I know. Fucking rubs, me, rubs me the wrong way. A little biased, as you can tell. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, yeah. Um, why I think this is good is because for years, right, the whole crypto industry has basically just lived in Bitcoin shadow. And Bitcoin goes up, everything goes up. Bitcoin goes down, everything goes down. From like an outsider's perspective, it just looks like crypto is Bitcoin and a bunch of weird derivative coins. And they're all just a bunch of kind of scammy, weird meme things that go up and down with Bitcoin, right? Um, so ETH flipping Bitcoin would sort of turn that entire narrative on its head. And it would put like technology, I think, at the forefront uh, of crypto, put innovation, I think, at the forefront of crypto. Not that there's anything wrong with Bitcoin, but I, I just, you know, like people will hate on me for this for sure. But like, I just don't think it's doing interesting stuff um, compared with Ethereum. And I, I think that putting like a new, uh, a new horse in the race in the first spot that can kind of really stretch its legs and run and do stuff will be exciting for the space and make people... Uh, Think about it differently. So, yeah, definitely, definitely bullish on that. Okay. Uh, number four, we're back to the roll-ups. Unfortunately, still unflavored. <laughs> Defy on roll-ups brings back the Defy summer. Who's ah, Defy? Defy, Defy. 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 What are they up to? We've talked about Defy. We have Defy not. means, uh, Defy is short for decentralized finance. Okay. It's sort of a, a term we use to describe all the collection of uh, apps that were being built on Ethereum initially uh, a couple couple summers ago was the first uh, DeFi summer. We created apps like uh, Uniswap and Aave and Compound. They allowed us to uh, borrow and lend tokens or an interest to to trade, do kind of all these uh, financial transactions that we do in the real world, but on on the blockchain with uh, with Ethereum apps. And at first it was like cool innovation, and then it, like a lot of things, it turned into a really weird and uh, scammy bubble. Uh, people were launching, you know, tokens named after foods like uh, uh, yam coin and grape coin, and they just all sorts of uh, wild stupidity happened. So that that was a bubble that w burned uh, bright and fast and sort of fizzled out. Um, now, one of the reasons it fizzled out was because the gas fees on Ethereum just get they get super high, right? So when you, you initially might want to take out a loan, and it might cost you, you know, five bucks to take out a ten thousand dollar loan. You're like, ah, it's pretty good. But by the time stuff got really, really crazy, it was, it was costing you like $700 to take out a $10,000 loan just to do the transaction. And a lot of people, rightfully so, were like, yeah, screw this. This is terrible. I don't want to use this stuff. Why am I using this stuff? This is stupid. It's a scam. Uh, I'm out. And adoption went way down. So the theory here is that these apps are going to have a reemergence on, on the rollups we just talked about. And you'll get to do these transactions. You'll get to do the borrowing, the lending, the trading, all of these things. And instead of paying hundreds of dollars in gas fees to do it, well, now you'll just pay pennies. And because you, you're going to pay pennies, well, well, more people will, will, will use it again. And, and I think this is partially true. Uh, I think cheaper fees will bring more DeFi adoption. But I, I think the other reason DeFi was popular was because a lot of people were going YOLO long with leverage. There was a lot of demand to borrow money to buy more Ethereum with the money and lever up. And I, I do think that until that sort of YOLO mentality of 2020, 2021 comes back again, you know, DeFi demand is probably actually going to stay a little bit muted because that leverage was such a big driver. DeFi demand is playing Coachella next year for <laughs> Hitler's nipple. They're opening for Hitler's nipple. <laughs> NFTs pivot to gaming and play to earn becomes play to own. NFT is number five on the list of seven trends that Bernstein is uh, 
is throwing at the world uh, in a slow week of crypto, trying to make a big splash in a small pond. NFTs pivot to gaming and play. Gaming and play to earn becomes play to own. Yeah. What's play to I own mean, and why does it become play to own? What, what play to earn? I'm sorry. Yeah. Play to earn was this popular, another one of these popular things that everybody tried to make a thing, but it turned out it was just like really kind of like an elaborate Ponzi scheme in, in disguise. Uh, people were playing games like uh, Axie Infinity, which is kind of like a poor man's Pokemon. And it was, it was strange. Like you had to buy the characters as NFTs, but they cost thousands of dollars to even buy the character to play the game. But when you fought other characters, you earned tokens and they like made you money. So everybody was like, oh, this is amazing. Even though it cost me $3,000 to buy this cartoon character and b- battle it with the other one. Well, I'm making, I'm making $300 a day in these fake tokens. So this is a great investment. But it turned out that those tokens were sort of a Ponzi scheme. They were predicated on more and more and more people playing the game to prop the price up. So as soon as the rate of people coming into the games kind of petered off a little bit, the token prices started falling, then the value of the characters started falling, and then suddenly there was this massive explosion. Everything went down 99%, and people were like, oh, that whole play-to-earn idea was kind of dumb, huh? And then all the adoption fell off. Um, wow. So play-to-own play to is, you know, people are kind of iterating on it now with play-to-own. and free, like there's, there's a bunch of stuff happening in the NFT gaming space that I am honestly not super familiar with because I, quite frankly, still think this stuff is just years out when we're talking about gaming. Uh, on the blockchain. Um, I do think it will happen. When it will happen, it will be an attractive thing for uh, people to want to, you know, trade NFTs and play games and that will drive adoption and that will be bullish for crypto. Uh, but uh, this is one of the items on the list I think we're, uh, we're, we're a ways away from, unfortunately. Unfortunately, but also fortunately, there's two more trends left here before we wrap this shit up. Token economic design start to focus on value uh, accumulation. Token economic mm. designs start to focus on value accumulation. Now, I know <laughs> what that means, but maybe you can break it down for the uh, the dum dums out there, Stephen. Uh, yeah, I mean that's that's not an easy one. Um, one of the problems in the last bull run is when coins launched, you know, or project launches that you we're say coins and tokens interchangeably here. You know, you have an app like a lending app, and you launch your own token. Um, People initially were buying all these tokens because they went up and people were were like, oh, this is cool. These tokens are kind of like ETH, except they go up more. Right. And then eventually people started asking themselves, wait, why why does this token go up? What does this token do? And and it turned out a lot of the tokens didn't, they didn't do anything. There was no reason for them to go up. They didn't like accrue any sort of, like when you buy a stock, you are buying a share of the implied future earnings of the company, right? Right. It's not just like a, a trading card Coca-Cola sends you like, hey, thanks. Here's a, here's a card. No, you're, you're right. like an owner of the company. You get cash flows. A lot of these crypto coins, they were just tokens and they were like, oh, you can vote on stuff, which turned out to be completely useless and they didn't accrue any value. And then the market realized this and everything sort of dumped quite badly. Most all tokens out there you know, died versus ETH. Uh, so now the next phase is where we're redesigning tokens for these projects that have a reason for existing, right? And most of them are tied in some way now to the revenues generated by the protocol. So if you're using a lending platform, the borrowing and lending generates fees and a well-designed token will return some of those fees to the holders of the tokens in the same way that um, owning a stock gets you the future cash flows of, of a company. And I think we're going to talk about one of those after this so we can go into a little more detail. But 
that's what we're talking about here. And yes, that that would be bullish. It would be bullish to to buy coins that actually do stuff and and generate cash as opposed to to memes. All right. And our last final trend here, save the best for last. Fat <laughs> protocol thesis becomes the fat application thesis. Now I'm triggered here because I was a fat kid. Um, but it's not my fault that they made Pop Tarts and Cool Whip so close together uh in the grocery store aisle. And also, you know, a fat kid's gonna find the secret to uh to the the, the best fat snacks. And um is the fat protocol thesis what is that first of all? What like yeah, let me let me see if I can explain this to listeners in, in under thirty seconds without them uh, driving off the road. Uh, the stay with that us. Protoc- <laughs> the, 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 there was this argument years ago about like where value would accrue, right? So you have Ethereum, which is the protocol, but then you also are building stuff on top of it, the applications that people use and interact with, right? So NFT platforms and stuff like that that could be thought of like as an application that people are using that's built on top of the Ethereum protocol. Um, so in the web 2.0 world, like on the internet, uh, what you might consider would be a protocol would be like SSL or HTTP, you know, the little thing in your, your browser bar when you go to a website. On the internet, HTTP, like it accrued no value. There's no value in TCIP, HTTP. All the value is in Google, Facebook, Uber. The, the value is all in the applications, the applications and the companies that built on top of the protocols. Um, so the FAT protocol thesis argued that crypto, unlike Web2, would have all of this value accrue to the protocol. In this instance, Ethereum, right? Versus the apps built on top of Ethereum. And that has been true for years at this point. Um, but there is a hope that that is going to reverse that like we are going to start building applications like the sort of Facebooks and Googles of the Web2 world in crypto and that value will start accruing to those applications. And that'll be good because um, Ethereum doesn't care that much about like users. right? It's like a it's a protocol. It's it's a blockchain. Right. But if you build an app. Right. And you're going to have users sign up for your app and your app uses crypto. Like you, you care about the user's experience. You want users to use the app and do, do things and not be like, well, this thing sucks. Why am I, why am I doing this? Um, so the idea would be that this could be bullish because we're going to have more of these like companies or people like designing stuff that is more friendly for the users that cares about the users themselves more, which is going to get more people to use it. People like you who are like, what, what the, the hell is this stuff? I don't know how to use this. It's, 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 it's a giant a clusterfuck right now you know right all right so how many now after we've seen these seven trends is there a how do you go about putting this out and not uh i mean just from your own perspective is it a trying to just like you know capitalize on a slow news week or is this something (laughs) they've been sitting on for a while is this like how uh i guess you know valuable uh, a reputation does the bernstein firm have in wall street for the crypto and eth babies to to follow well, I've, I've never heard of them. And, uh, Yikes. Yikes. I've never heard of a lot of firms. I'm not that smart. Uh, but uh, <laughs> you, you, you get this a lot, right? Where it's, we call it like talking your book. Mm-hmm. You accumulate a big position. In this case, you accumulate all crypto. And then you get, you, you get long and loud. You get long and then you go out there and you start telling everybody why crypto is the best thing in the world, why it's going to go up, these things are going to happen. You publish papers, you do interviews, you, you, you talk your book, you try to make the number go up so that you make money. So this is, 
this is pretty standard and I'm assuming these guys have like a pretty uh, fat crypto position and they're, they're mm. doing their part to, to make it go up. I, I think all these ideas are, are, are good though. I agree with most, all of them, um, you know, so uh, kudos to them. I think they're good ideas worth considering for people. If you think these things are going to happen, then you, you should be bullish on crypto. Speaking of not knowing if things are going to happen or not, Russia is reportedly uh, exploring stablecoin settlements with friendly nations. Now, Russia clearly has been in the news quite a bit in the last 30 years from being the opening scene in the movie Castaway with Tom Hanks to stealing our election. So, look, they've been talking to several friendly countries about launching uh, clearing platforms for cross-border settlements and stablecoins, according to a report from Russian news agency TASS. Tas quoted Russia's deputy finance minister, Alexei Moiseev, as saying, we are currently working with a number of countries to create bilateral platforms in order to use, not use dollars and euros. We offer mutually ex acceptable tokenized instruments that will be used on these platforms, which are essentially clearing platforms that we are currently developing with these countries in Putin we trust. I added that last part. Um, <laughs> what's going on here? So this is... Um this was a story that was kind of on the, the back pages when sure. I was looking for stuff, but, yeah. but, but I, I think it's actually a very big deal. Sometimes um, the back page is the front page. Who said that? Yeah. I, I, I don't know who said me, that. Me just now. Keep oh, should have known. <laughs> should have known. So I, I, I don't know if you remember earlier this year, but we, we, we tried to slap Russia with a bunch of sanctions, right? Yes. We sort of yes. like froze a bunch of their U.S. denominated assets. And a lot of the world was like, whoa, I thought like treasuries and these things, I thought these were just, I, I, we didn't think the government was going to sort of take these things from us. Like, right. um, so that was like a, a, a big shot that was fired across the, the bow for like the, the whole world. It basically said like, okay, all of these uh, U.S. treasuries, all these U.S. dollar denominated assets, these are all great until we don't like what you're doing. And then, yeah, we may flip a switch and then take all of your money from you. Right. So countries like Russia, China, uh, India, Pakistan, you know, Iran, like this sort of countries are who are not necessarily fully integrated with the, the, uh, the world as we see it. They're, they're kind of like thinking like, okay, what, what do we do in a world where we can't use the dollar? And the, the Bitcoiners have always said, oh, Bitcoin fixes this. This is what Bitcoin is for. This is what Bitcoin is for. Everybody's going to use Bitcoin for like storing value and cross-border payments in a way that can't be confiscated by the government. Right. Yeah. But what, what I've been saying for a while is like, I, I don't really get this. Like if you want to pay for goods or, or something, or you want to hold cash for a bit, you probably don't want it sitting in an asset like that. Like today just lost like 6% in, in, in three minutes. Doesn't make a lot of sense. Right. Uh, are you, are you familiar with stable coins? I'm not. Stable coins are basically crypto versions of dollars. They're sort gotcha. of just, tokenized dollars okay. that live on the blockchain. So if you're somebody like Russia, you might not be too keen on transacting in Bitcoin because mm. of the volatility. But if I can give you like a digital yuan or a digital ruble and just you can just send money to your yes. your uh, evil access yes. uh, access of evil friends without having to involve the government, you could do it on blockchain. Well, you might be like, well, I don't know about Bitcoin, but this stablecoin stuff seems kind of interesting. So I, I think that's, I think it's kind of bearish for, for Bitcoin in a way, because like I, it just stable coins just seem like a much better use case for 
for all these cross-border payments, all of this like cross-border uh, holding of value by nations. Um, and this is the type of thing that I think could bleed over into to, to networks like Ethereum because Bitcoin doesn't really support stable coins right now, but the Ethereum network does. So the Ooh. going idea is like the more you see like institutions, nations, companies, whoever transacting in stable coins, like the more that value is going to start like kind of accreting over uh, to the Ethereum network versus the, the, the Bitcoin network. And well, this, some, this is number three on the uh, Bernstein yeah. Bears trend uh, trendsetters <laughs> of, of 2022 is that uh, ETH flips Bitcoin as the top cryptocurrency operator. So, so by the way, did you, did you know the Bernstein Bears are actually called the Bernstein Bears? Yeah, I'm not a fan of that. Bernstein is what I grew up and knew. It's like, <laughs> it's like saying, hey, did you know Santa Claus is Santa Claus? And you're like, A, I'm Jewish, so you're talking to the wrong kid. Although I did celebrate both until my folks, but but um, yeah, I don't know. I have no, um, I have no real interest in trying to get to know Bernstein Bears. Berenstein Bear, I mean, it's, I don't want to say that's like a deal breaker for me in a new friend, but if you, it is a quick red flag. If they go, if they correct you like you just did, I know you did it in jest to try to fill the moment, but if you did that and meant it, this would be the end of this podcast, but it's not. So tune in next week for more. What the heck is crypto? Where we keep on keeping it real and breaking it down and ending each pod with fucking like we're in seventh grade skateboard <laughs> gangs, <laughs> keeping it real. All right. Love you guys. See you next week. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.